Buzz Buzz Babies, and welcome back to another episode of Blake's Buzz. And this week, we've got another Scout rock star in the house. You guys may have heard of that new uh, book that just dropped number two this week, Swamp Dogs. It is horror at its finest. I am sure digging it. And I've got one of the co-writers, J.M. Brandt, in the house tonight to talk about what goes bump in the night, what goes rock in the back of the rock star's van, and what goes, uh, well, basically there's some sexy stuff that happens in issue two and i guess we may we may talk about that a little bit too uh sir thank you for dropping by this evening on on blake's buzz how you doing tonight i'm doing well thanks thanks for having me oh man i'm stoked i really like your comic book it's very good i was telling uh my friend my philistine friend who goes what's swamp dogs and i was like uh he's he's not into scout much so like anytime i talk about scout books he gets confused even though i'm like dude (laughs) they're fucking dropping heat like check them out but i was telling him about it and i mentioned how like it's it's just in two issues and um like it's funny like i mean this in a non-offensive way but like not much has happened but a lot has happened in these two issues uh-huh. like yeah because there's you've got like multiple threads kind of sprawling out right and and i was i was saying i was like man it's really good horror because it hits the notes it's it's sexy it's a little funny uh it's it's creepy and it, it, it and then there's also this like blossoming love story and it like hits all the emotions as great horror should so so congratulations because no, in, in two issues you've you've uh you've got a strong start um so you uh, scout was like uh scout was kind of putting this um you know bef- even before it dropped out you guys got the ash can treatment and uh you know they they made sure people people knew about it uh yeah. so it seems like you guys had a, had a good start like how you feeling on issue two like wh- what's you know i mean if if i'm gonna be perfectly honest i'm not feeling terrific uh about issue two um and it's my own fault it's it's my own fucking fault um issue one i really pounded the pavement and really did everything i could to get the word out on the book um i i was like just short of sandwich board and a megaphone on the street corners <laughs> status for uh you know like promoting the book and i i think i did pretty well like i think you know we we wound up um you know getting picked up uh with exclusives on several of the biggest horror websites on you know in existence um to the point where one of our cover artists for one of our variants called it a bucket list moment for him so um you know i felt pretty good about that um it sold incredibly well and then a bunch of personal stuff happened and I just dropped off the face of the earth for a few months at exactly the wrong time to work on promoting issue two. So um, I'm still writing the high of issue one. And and I just, I, I know how deep the crater is going to be for issue two as far as like um, the adulation goes. And, uh, you know, it's it's got me a little bit frightened, but, uh, you know, it's we've picked up a lot of dedicated readers already. A lot of people that are fans, I've done some con appearances people are really into it it's like an if you know you know sort of thing and um you know i'm just hoping that the strength of the writing and the strength of the concept keeps people coming and keeps people intrigued and we have in my mind the best cover artist in the business uh doing our our main covers 
uh, Robert Samlin. So if you see it on a store shelf, I think chances are pretty high that you're just going to want to pick it up. And and so I'm really just hoping on, uh, you know, the the curb appeal of of our covers. <laughs> I thought you were about to say like you didn't like issue two when when you started talking. I, oh I like, yeah, I was like, no, it's, it's very <laughs> no, no, no. T- number two, number two was uh, my favorite to write. Honestly, I mean, nice. you know, there there were things to love about every single one, um, and and right now we're sort of putting the finishing touches on the miniseries, and we're in the wood chipper part, and that's fun in its own way. Um, but yeah, no, issue two was I think my favorite to write because we get introduced to a lot of really interesting characters with a lot of uh, interesting dynamics going on. And um, I, I think it's really good, but you're right. Like uh, to be perfectly honest, like not a lot goes on. Um, and that was a conscious decision on my part and the part of my co-writer, Theo Presidis. Uh, we're old school horror movie lovers. And this is like a grindhouse horror movie. And if you watch grindhouse horror, it's a slow burn. Mm. You know, typically there are inklings, there are hints that something awful is around the corner and that like shit's about to get real, but you don't see it for a long time. And, and you know, with the movies, that was a constraint to budget probably is, is what forced that. Um, but I just love the pacing of how that works. And so we, we want people to work for it. We want people to connect with our characters and the setting and be speculating and uh, wondering how all the threads tie together and then we're just going to start punching them in the face soon enough so (laughs) you know there's there's going to be that too yeah it's you definitely are um great at introducing cast and everybody is fun and like I definitely don't want to lose anybody, which obviously is going to happen. <laughs> and like, you know, but I mean, um, you, uh, I like how I, I also like how we've already done like the big horror no no right where it's like uh, we we've split some of our you know main characters apart. Oh yeah, and and not and and also just like. And I love it, but I mean, if I was in the middle of a swamp, well, first of all, I wouldn't jump in the water. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, and but but also, I would not. Uh, like, oh, there's this creepy bird, and then the bird flies away. I love this scene, and then they they see this haunt. This well, we don't know it's it's a haunted house. But we see this really creepy, dilapidated, uh, you know, just covered in in growth house, and and you know these these two beautiful women are are just you know horny in the swamp and and <laughs> just ready to you know grab life by the horns right and and they're mm-hmm. like oh let's go exploring and and it's like this is not a good idea uh you know but uh, <laughs> right so yeah so i i'm i already like where the story's going uh mm-hmm. every fucking panel is just drop dead gorgeous um, yeah yeah all, all praise Q-Cuber. be to all praise be to cuber ball and ruth Man. on the colors i mean yeah. she's like uh yeah it's it's an all-star team yeah you guys have a great team the writing is is top tier too you're well, thank the, one, you. the one-liners hit like i said i'm i'm into the characters uh and then oh we and we also get like we're, we're about to stumble into this like creepy redneck bar you know, <laughs> you know like i mean like we're now we're like we're we're going from like 
haunted house to some kind of evolved zombie because i don't think they're regular zombies they and are then, not sir and then you know now we're going to approach this also like texas chainsaw-esque uh uh you know little podunk you know in in the middle of nowhere where you where you, where you don't want to be trapped and and uh with this rock band right uh, like ready to shoot this video i just there's so many threads and but nothing this is what i like about uh you and your co-writers writing um is nothing feels cluttered right there's a lot of moving parts right now uh but i'm enjoying keeping track of them and i'm excited to see where they go and and i'm assuming i i have faith in, in you both as writers i you know I've, things are going to come together obviously um as things t- tend to do in in literature but i'm just really excited like this is a really fun horror series and it's it's beautiful and it's uh this the it's got like i said the sex appeal and uh the 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 monsters and and you know i'm ex- i'm excited to see cuber do more gore and bloodshed and i'm really stoked for that uh oh, just so you wait <laughs> how, how many how many issues are you guys going uh, so the, originally the plan was five issues. Um, there is some back and forth talk about um, being able to come up for air a little bit uh, and, and go to six. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be frank with you. Like like you said, you're, you don't want all the characters to die. And um, if I had my way with my original vision, um, they'd all be dead. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I, I'm, I'm a little nihilistic that way. Like, I just want to, I just want to feed everybody to the beast. Okay. Um, but as time went on and we sort of sat with the characters and we really began to fall in love with them too, as creators, um, it became apparent that maybe there should, I, I'm not saying there's going to be a happy ending because there is no happy ending here. Um, <laughs> but maybe not, uh, well, you put the book down and pull the gun up kind of an ending if, if you know <laughs> what I mean. So, uh, it's, it's, it's not total gloom and doom it's not uh garth ennis's uh, run of the crossed so <laughs> good god i remember finding that i still haven't i think i've read the first four or five trades okay it's just, like it's it's but, hard dude, it's it's a hard it's thing insane. to do <laughs> i don't know why i do it to myself but i do it and uh well, yeah, yeah it takes like me dirty. forever you feel oh, dirty dude. you're like you're like i'm enjoying this i'm a sick little fucking puppy yeah like, yeah well you know it to be perfect like i did not read it for a very long time after i picked up um ennis's original run on it mm-hmm. uh which i guess was just like a mini series i like there there was no intention of an ongoing or or maybe it was on the back burner or okay. something and the garth ennis uh run on it just i love his stuff you know i've i've always been a big fan of of his work um but that was just so bleak uh that i left the book not wanting to read anything or do anything or get up off the ground for a long time (laughs) and and uh i'm glad that i worked my way back so if if your listeners have a super strong stomach and they're sadistic or masochistic or both um read it and don't let the nihilism of the first part get to you because it's nihilistic in a very different way and in a much more 
palatable way. I can't believe I use palatable in the crossed in the same (laughs) sentence uh, as time goes on. Yeah, it's that's a that's a trip. So I guess that's that's a uh, interesting segue uh, as uh, from, you know, one horror comic to another. um, Yeah. Like what? So I think horror comics are a little harder to do because um, you know, you, the jump scare isn't really a thing. And, and I, right. I mean, I think jump scares are kind of played out anyway. Uh, you know, yeah. we're, but it's, it, it seems like we focus more. It's like you either have jump scares or you have like shock gore, right? Like, and it's like, but you, so it's like when you do these things now, you have to do them in new and unique ways, which I think crossed just kept one upping itself in a sense <laughs> yeah uh, it, it just like yeah. you you're like they won't go there oh well they did uh and <laughs> i feel like you're having um you uh you and theo are having uh are gonna have a similar battle or you know alligator to wrestle with uh with you know these um the this zombie may I, might be a family i, I these 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 uh undead people in the swamp which were we haven't really got to know yet we've just seen like you know, glimpses of them and what they're capable of. Uh, right. And, and so like, uh, how, how do you guys manage that? Does it make it easier with a co-writer when you're trying to like, um, stand out against, against horror cliche and, and, you know, tr- trying to like avoid that while respecting it simultaneously. Uh, right. So like, what's that like? Uh, you know, in a way it's easier and in a way it's harder. Um, one of the best things that I can say about having a co-writer is um, Theo and I, like for all our creative differences that we have, and, you know, unless unless you guys uh, pull some sort of like thing with two heads, uh, you know, sort of a thing, like you're, you're going to come to... Uh, a conflict every once in a while because mm-hmm. you know it's it's two creative minds battling and and trying to come to some sort of mutual agreement on stuff um one of the things that i can say about theo and i is the overall vision for this uh arc for house of crows has been really uniform with us like we outlined it from the beginning as we want this to look and feel like an old school horror movie just played out across a few issues Mm. and so then it came down to how do we break it up so that the beats work with uh issues ending so that like it actually feels like an issue as opposed to just like um a prelude to a graphic novel you know um we we want the readers to get a very different experience reading it issue to issue as opposed to just picking up the trade at the end um and uh we're really leaning into the horror tropes you know we're really leaning into the the history of the genre with with this book and that was a very conscious decision in a way because we want to introduce the world to the swamp dogs and we want the swamp dogs to be iconic and so we wanted to be part of that grand tradition that started with, um, I mean, at least cinematically, like you can say the the German expressionists and just kept going through the decades. So, um, yeah, you know, it, well, I would say that the ways that we're subverting the genre, though, or or the tropes is just in updating it you know modernizing it making it not as icky feeling right you know we we have sexy stuff but it's not just flat out exploitation and we have you know these 
meathead type characters, but they have a bit of a brain and a bit of a personality. And so um, you kind of understand where they're coming from. Uh, we have them existing in a world in which they've seen a horror movie before. And so while they're like, oh, that's probably a bad idea, because if we were in a horror movie, that would be a really terrible idea. Um, you know, just like you and your friends, right? Like if you came across something and it seemed like a, say an abandoned plantation, um, you'd be curious to take a look at it because you're like, okay, in a horror movie, that would be a terrible idea, but this is real life and it's not a horror movie. And so let's check it out anyways. Um, (laughs) the bad news for them is they're actually in a horror movie. Yes. Yeah. There's things, (laughs) things definitely take a turn. Um, how, so this is your first comic book, correct? It is, yeah. How did you and Theo combine forces? Did you just know each other? Or? Yeah, we, we met uh, writing for a website called Screen Rant, which yeah. is like a huge infotainment uh, mm-hmm. website. And uh, we were both doing clickbait articles for the site at the same time and just came across each other's social media stuff and discovered that we both like the same kind of music. It turns out that I figured out he ran a music festival or curated a music festival in Greece uh, that had some of my favorite stoner metal bands play at it. And so I was like, oh, wow, like I want to talk to this guy. And then it turned out that we had kids at about the same age and just all this other stuff in common. And um, then it turned out that he had a degree in cult film which is the coolest thing I've ever heard of in my entire life. And uh, (laughs) yeah, so, um, you know, it just all fell into place and he wound up stopping uh, writing for the website well before I did. Uh, But I kept in touch and then he had a book come out from Image Comics um, like several years ago now. And uh, it's not a comic book, but Image Comics did it. And so I was like, okay, you know, this guy that's, um into the same stuff that i'm into has an in with image let's do this and and so i pulled them in nice yeah i'm, I'm glad i'm glad those uh I'm glad those forces combined because i i think <laughs> i i mean it's uh yeah i feel like last year we were really oversaturated with horror in, in comics and a lot mm-hmm. of it was a lot of it was good and I, I was here for it um but i also think a lot of it was uh there was a lot of big names getting away with just their names um, right. and, and not necessarily the production which okay. happens in every genre, you know, totally. and, and, and what well, happens in, in every field, every genre, every workplace, basically, it's just a thing. But, um, you know, this was a, this felt very fresh, just the title, just like, uh, I remember getting the first, you know, press, uh, email from, from scout many months mm-hmm. ago with just like, the teaser and like who are the swamp dogs and i was like shit i want to know who the swamp dogs are you know like i was like i was like i'm kind of excited um and you know also the the black caravan imprint i think has a has a lot of like oomph behind it now like it has yeah. shown itself to to produce like quality horror weird creepy you know comics that are different than stuff that's coming out and so I think I did, so. like I'm you you mentioned image and and like you know Im, image is a great publisher and and huge but like 
I, you know, I, I think it's, I, I think Scout is, is starting to blow up too. And go a hundred percent. And so yeah. that, I mean, being on that black caravan imprint is, is good for Swamp Dogs. I think. Oh uh, yeah, definitely. Um, the, We definitely, when it turned out that image wasn't going to be a thing, um scout just seemed like the perfect option and in in a lot of ways better than image if it was image and it didn't hit right away uh it would probably be forgotten about by the publisher by everybody Mm -hmm. except except the people that enjoyed reading it you know and um with black caravan you're right there's like an oomph behind it uh we're a part of the momentum but we're also being carried by the momentum and i think that there's something to that and and helping to build a brand from the ground up is a really interesting feeling you know like we are a foundational part of black caravan and what it represents and we're sort of a a touchstone for it you know um i don't know how much people want to talk about numbers and and so i don't know what i'm allowed to say what i'm not allowed to say but um (laughs) a lot of people are going to be looking when they do a black caravan book or when they're thinking about submitting to black caravan and they're going to be looking at swamp dogs as sort of a bellwether for what it is that they can do with the publisher or what it is that they want to do with the publisher Okay. Well, that's got to, I mean, that's, that's got to feel good. And I mean, especially I'm, I know, cause I know issue one, like you guys got good reviews. Uh, I, I saw them coming out. People were excited about it. And then, you know, you got, you got hit with the supply chain delay. <laughs> yeah, know, we which, sure which did. So, which so many people did. And, and I think, I think a lot of fans are forgiving. I I, I think it's, I hope, I hope so more than it does like potential buyers. Like we understood it. I, uh, I hope so, Blake. I, I hope, <laughs> I, I hope everybody is you and not, uh, not the demons that crawl into my head at night. You know, <laughs> no, <laughs> I think, I think people are, are excited about, uh, about the second issue. Like I, I feel, I felt a vibe, you know, online and, and, and also like, I was really excited when I, I finally got like the issue with the press email with issue two. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. yes, like, fine, finally. Like, I was <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I, I understand it. how that can be like, you know, sewer, especially if it's after a decent premiere, right? Or, right. Or not, not even decent, it's a solid, a very solid premiere. And then your, your second issue, uh, which as you've said, was one of your favorite issues that you've written. And then, and then it gets you know, hung up in this, in this printing limbo of this, <laughs> this new paperless disease ridden world that we live in it's like. amazing yeah it's it's uh unprecedented times is that what people say uh um you know it's it's tough man because um black caravan and scout do this really interesting thing where they hold back the second issue of a series by an extra month in order to time everything with the previews right oh. so um the way that it works normally with a publisher is issue one comes out and then you have to um, pre-order issue two before you've even had a chance to read issue one and know whether you like it or not. Mm. Uh, Black Caravan and Scout, they put out issue two when the solicit, like the, they solicit for issue two when uh, issue one has already dropped. And okay. so you can actually judge for yourself whether you want to keep going with the series or not. Ordinarily, that would be fine. I think that's a brilliant plan. Uh, that did muddy the waters with the global supply chain issue a lot further. And it, uh, instead of having to wait two months for a book to come out after the momentum of issue one, uh, now we're looking at, um, 
let's see, end of October, and it comes out March 2nd. So what is that? Three and a half months? Yeah. And um, it's it's tough. As a creator, especially with a first book, it's tough. Um, you know, and, and we're just hoping that the fans are as forgiving as you're making them out to be. <laughs> I mean, I hope so. If, if not, send them to me. I'll set them straight. You know, yeah. Like, okay. Like, Blake, your, Blake will bust some knees caps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I just don't... Um, uh it's it's just so good like you guys you guys got some heat you you got some you got some water boiling in the pot here and um i think people would be would be foolish uh to you know not pick it up or or to to pawn it off or something else because of a a thing that no one could control you know right like, no one knew no you know scout didn't want their comics to be delayed uh you know no one no, no one wanted this uh comic book shops dealing with ordering and pre-orders and stuff. I, I mean no no one thought this was going to happen no one wanted it to happen and it's and it's it's no one's real fault you know but right, god and right if you believe in that so yeah <laughs> so it, ex blame, exactly blame god That's yeah what i do <laughs> uh, i do every day every day for a variety of reasons but uh you know this yeah this is just like an unfortunate thing and and um uh, you know the the cynic and the skeptic and the pessimist in me wants to say oh well um you're just a casualty of this you know you're just like an innocent bystander and your series is crushed um but we've gotten some really amazing reviews uh yeah it's uh, the self-hater in me only wants to focus on the negative reviews or the negative aspects of like the reviews, but uh, we did the most recent review that came out for us uh, just lifted my spirits uh, in a way that I can't even begin to describe. So um, I'm feeling good about the book. Uh, despite my hesitancy, despite my worries and everything else. And um, I, I think it's really going to come through. I, I think that people are really going to appreciate the writing. And uh, that's what every ego inflated writer wants is, is for people to ignore the pretty pictures and be like, man, this, this, this writing is like really, really good. Uh, yeah. You guys should have gotten a different artist. In oh, I know. I know. But well, you know, you I, have, I like, think the most beautiful covers, the most wonderful interior art like you're you're i mean i love like i said i love the writing but this is one of the more prettier comics being released right now like it's yeah. gorgeous on every level yeah it's no it was it was so cool to find out that cuber got a vampirella book after we signed him up for for swamp dogs oh, it was cool. like oh yeah like him and vampirella makes perfect sense right and um i i guess like a lot of comic book creators want their comic when they're working in a team to be a, like a symphony right you know it's uh, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts and and uh, everything works in concert to create this amazing end product. Uh, me, I want it to be more of a tug of war. Uh, I, I want, I want certain like I want a reader in the span of a few seconds to read and take in a panel and say, "Wow, the writing on that panel was really good." But the drawing on that panel is really good, but <laughs> the coloring on that panel is really good and not be able to decide what it is that you like the most about it and have each one stand out individually. Um, I, I want it to be a unified whole, but I, I want everybody to get their credit too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think it's definitely firing on all cylinders. Like just thinking of the first issue, uh, you know, the, in the first issue, actually what I actually noticed initially was the color, 
and the lettering uh because mm-hmm. we have the we have the uh you know the, the lyrics you know right s- uh, splayed out throughout the panels but that that first uh opening scene where it, it's very like it's very you know neon and uh yeah you know like th- that that like stoner rock like smoking in the basement listening to rock and roll <laughs> vibe where the, it, it was like it was like i opened the book and there was a black light inside of it right like yeah that's what that that the your colors did uh ruth and it, it was just beautiful like right off the bat uh, you know before before we got to the spooks before we got to the characters it just was like uh, you open up to an eyegasm and I wasn't really expecting that. Right. Especially um, after. Well, I mean, I guess we have the, the first scene, where the, the historical flashback, but like, right. you know, coming, you know, to, to kick off like a horror book, you know, like that. It's well, I mean, usually like the, the party scene comes later. Right. Like a few people have already died. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're we're having a we're having a party when we're not supposed to because uh, there's like quarantine in effect or whatever. Right. Like, yeah. You know, and, and so that that comes <laughs> like later when we know like the killers on the loose and we're doing this bad thing. And so I just wasn't expecting this like vibrancy at the at the beginning of this horror comic. So that that took me off guard and, and I, it, it actually pulled me in even more. But yeah, I just like it. I said, man, you just, you have a hell of a creative team uh, oh, and, thank you. And, you, and you yourself, like, I think you're all very talented and, and there's definitely a lot of love and heart and charm here that uh, is, is very much on every page and, and your readers like feel that. And, oh, and I think you got me blushing. <laughs> oh, I mean, man, I'm, I'm like, I'm serious. It's just really good. It's uh, you're, it's a, it's a standout piece. Uh, and, and the second issue, you know, the, the, the second issue, uh, definitely like it, it grounds itself too, and stands up to that wonderful premiere. And the, the, I told my buddy, I was like, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm interviewing the, one of the Swamp Dogs writers tonight. And he was like, oh, like, how is that? I, I got, I got my pull list. Like it's on my pull coming in the mail. And I was like, I was like, dude, it's good, man. But you're going to read those first two issues and be like, okay, like free <laughs> now, like I need it. Like what's going to happen. Yeah. So, well, I, you know, um, three, I, I love fucking with people. And, and so, um, even though it's my first comic book, I, in a lot of ways I'm playing with people and, and Theo and I are, are playing with people. Like it's a slow burn, right? A lot more happens in issue three, but in a way it continues that slow burn too. And I don't want to give anything away, but I, I will say that it is a flashback issue. And okay. so, um, you know, you're, you're still not getting to the meat and potatoes. You're still not getting a hundred percent to where people are being, uh, brutally decimated uh or or at least the people that you've fallen in love with right and um so it's it's really interesting and i can't wait for the reactions to issue three because um as much as issue two is really good with the heart and the romance and the humor and introducing characters and stuff issue three is our roll call issue it is uh, where we explain who the Swamp Dogs are and, and why they are what they are. Okay. And um, there's a lot of humor in it, but it is also by far the most brutal of our issues in, in so many different ways. And, uh, you know, you're talking about not we can't wait till Cuber gets into the gore. Uh, there's more gore than the average person can handle in issue three too. Uh, you know, that's not to say that like the, the gore that's in issue two is bad by any stretch of the imagination. I, I think that issue two has 
and I'm biased, but it has the most incredible splash page of horror that I've ever seen, you know, and, and I love reading horror comics and, and I would put our splash page um, with the band and what it is that they see. And I don't want to spoil anything like yeah, up there with up there with uh, anything from, from anybody. So you know, I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping that there's enough interest in that one for us to make a poster of it. Is it's kind of what I'm hoping. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be, a, that'd be a sick poster. I'd... It would be a sick poster. Maybe maybe with like some black light coloring <laughs> or something too. Speaking of, uh, well, not posters, but you guys have some mad gorgeous variants. I I yes. stumbled across the the swamp dogs comic.net in the shop and like i'm having to stop myself because i <laughs> could easily drop over a hundred dollars right now um the the ingrid gala variant is insane you like, know that's one so that gets good. talked about the least uh what? you know yeah no no so so hear me out like I, i've been to a couple conventions i've had all the the variants with me right mm-hmm. and for whatever reason like people are not aren't people are not as in love with that one as i am and I don't know what's wrong with people. I, I have that as my Facebook profile picture. Um, I think it when I, when I saw that picture, I was like, oh, my God, like all these people that don't even know me are making these wonderful art pieces based <laughs> on my characters. And uh, yeah, the Ingrid Gall is phenomenal. I yeah, think. well, that's that's proof society's fucking broken right there. If that's not the one that they're talking <laughs> about, I I love painted uh, art, right? I, yes. I, whether I don't care if it's if they do that digitally or with an actual brush on 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 canvas or paper, but I love that I love that painted style and right. I, all the hands like oh yes. it's so it's so perfect um and also like oh that's a, like I, I loved what happened in issue two but i was also like oh like, you know, like <laughs> yes yes yeah oh there's there's um a very brutal payoff for that oh i yeah i, I bet uh <laughs> And then and, I, I also like um I, I I really like the uh the, the Chuma Hill uh is really good too with her yeah. like, her hair and the and the uh, combining with like the undead mustache like right yeah it's insane oh yeah uh, and and that was actually Chuma Hill's first um uh variant cover oh wow yeah that Chuma ever did it's uh, that's definitely one of my favorites too you know it's it's, it's tough vibe, like a peach momoko vibe kind of it does yeah yeah it's it's got that that sort of watercolor uh, you know uh, almost anime-ish uh, mm-hmm. sort of look to it um yeah definitely it's it's so cool how so many different artists could approach our, our book with you know so many different perspectives and that's one of my favorite things about having all those variant covers for for issue one and one of the reasons that i'm so mad at myself for issue two is i didn't you know get another 20 covers for issue two uh, <laughs> the same way that i did for issue one um it's it's fascinating to see and you know i'll i'll just like i have all the different covers in a portfolio and i i just look at it like um a high school football trophy or something you know i'm just <laughs> <laughs> still can't believe that it all happened um but yeah i agree with you if if i was a fan just like looking at it and didn't have my creator comp copies it would be really tough not to blow a hundred two hundred dollars on all the different covers that are there yeah i'm a recovery 
recovering variant addict. Uh, and I was, I was <laughs> a little too gung ho on like the store exclusive stuff. I was right. buying, and it, it really happened with all the X Men books since since oh like, god the yeah reboot. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, I was dumping. I was like, I was like, yeah, okay, I'll pay twenty dollars an issue for this special cover, and and then pay some shipping, and then like. And he, I just wouldn't think about it. And then, and then I was like, where's all my money? <laughs> right. Like, yeah. I was like, oh, you're, you're buying, you know, $4 issues for, you know, 24 bucks after shipping. But so I've, <laughs> I've tried really hard to, 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 I still, I'll buy like, like, you know, normal price variants or, or like not pay over like 10 or $12 for like, I'm trying to stick to that, but it's. Of course, I have no self control. Um, yeah, it's if, tough. If you could, if you, you could see a little bit of it behind me, I have, I just have stacks <laughs> of books. Like, I need I, my buddies give me shit because they're like, dude, take a break and buy more shelves. And I was like, I need more books though. If I buy <laughs> shelves, I lose book money. And um, so, yeah, I'm uh, that's that's my deal right now. I think I'm the eternal just, struggle. Uh, oh, dude, it's like, and I get. I mean, I'm I'm very lucky. I get a lot of. Uh, I get. A, I, I say I get a lot of comics for free, but I, you know, I work for that shit. I'm an elephant in peanuts, right? Like this. Yeah. Is, I love doing this. I love being comics press. I love doing these interviews. I love talking to people. Um, and right now, I'm in the process of rebuilding my blog so that I can mm-hmm. I can I can do more reviews, which is just like I have no fucking idea what I'm doing. And then people are like why don't you pay somebody? And I'm like, okay. I was like, okay, let's just pay somebody to do everything for us. That's a great <laughs> right. idea. You're like, I can't even afford shelves, man. Yeah, right? like, like, <laughs> you want me to pay a web developer when I can't even buy a fucking Ikea bookcase? Like what are, where are you listening to me? <laughs> but, but you know, uh, so yeah, so I'm, uh, you know, I, I do, but I am lucky. I'm on a lot of these press lists and, and I right. have access to, to so many comics and, uh, you know, usually like, you know, I, if, uh, if people come on my show, like they usually, they're like, okay, here's, you know, read, read this and check this out for, so I'm, you know, I, I have access to a lot of comics, uh, and, and, I get to read a lot more than I did. And, and I still, like, I still just blow stupid money. And now I'm I into know. manga, right? I just oh, got into God. manga okay. and I'm like, I'm like, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. I'm just going fucking nuts. And it's right. Just as, as if you didn't have enough on your plate as it is. Yeah. I, uh-huh. I, I tell people I'm buying for my retirement at this point. Like I yeah. am never going to be able to read all these books. <laughs> it started with quarantine, right? Cause it was mm-hmm. I, uh, retail therapy. I, I found joy in retail therapy. Yeah. And, I do and, too. Uh, when I'm really upset. <laughs> yeah. You just you buy those books, man. And then they, when they come and you get excited, I was about half crocked the other night, restarted watching uh, Vikings because Netflix mm-hmm. put out the new Viking show. Right. And yeah. I, I watched the original and liked it, but I fell off uh, just, you know, like for, for whatever reason. And yeah, I couldn't remember where. Does. So I was like, I was like, I'll start over, start a rewatch. Mm-hmm. And then so I'm watching this. I'm having some drinks. I'm getting pumped, man, because Vikings are just awesome. And then I'm like. I'm like, oh, I'm going to like, I've always wanted to read uh, Northlanders. So right, I, yeah. I ordered the three Northlanders collections. And then I found out that he also wrote Sword Daughter. And then I ordered the three Sword Daughters. And then I ordered 
uh, Ryan Lindsay's Eternal. I have about 23 Viking related trades en route uh, uh-huh. that, that I in 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 a matter of like uh, two episodes of Vikings that I watched. <laughs> like I was just like, yep, order, order, or like. So yeah, I'm uh Blake's buzz is about to go to Valhalla and yeah, I was crazy. I was gonna say the next time anybody sees you, you're gonna have the the horn helmet on. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's one of one of the uh Blake another... Morganson. <laughs> oh, like, I'm gonna steal that. Uh but the one of the other uh scout brethren, um, the guys who wrote by the horns, uh I, mm-hmm. when, when issue one came out, I accidentally I bought I loved it and it and it blew me away and I bought the uh the VHS variant and I got the Viking horn cup. Uh so I have this like massive limited edition like Viking horn that I drink beer out of sometimes. That's but so cool. Yeah. What sucks is it's a great you're like, this is so cool. I'm buying it. That's so metal. Like you have to you can't set it down when you drink out of it. So you have to like <laughs> hold it. And then if you want it, if you want to set it down, you have to like pound it and finish it or just hold it the whole time. And I I guess they do make like horn cup holders for no 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 like you're describing this as a problem i i see it as a solution (laughs) so um yeah there's there's only one real way to handle it and that is to just down it it's it's like uh yeah yeah i mean you know it's it's kind of the comic book nerd sophisticates version of edward 40 hands right like you can't do you can't do anything until you finish the beer that's true yeah all right yeah so well fuck getting that cup holder you know yeah who needs it you You don't have shelf money blake i know why are you gonna get a cup holder I, I made a joke on Twitter today and I was like, uh, I was like, man, maybe I should buy a sword. And a couple people were like, dude, buy a sword. And I'm on Amazon prime looking at like Viking swords and axes. And I was like, you can't do this. I was like, you are just, you're an out of control nerd. You're, you're, you're <laughs> like, I have a full-time job and, and I make okay money and it's, uh-huh. like, it's okay. Money is considerate, but like, yeah, I make yes. some money. <laughs> <laughs> there are dollar bills in your account at some some yeah. point during yeah. the month yeah <laughs> but I, like, I, I get it i get it you can't buy this like 80 dollar axe even no. though it's cool and carved has a carved handle and like yeah hey i i I grew up um going with my grandfather to gun shows and um because i was a little too young to like just be buying guns left and right um i and i was a nerd in my own way um i i really gravitated towards the medieval weapons that they had so um, I, I have an arsenal at home. I have my flail under my bed in, in case anybody comes into the window at night, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so I, I feel you. I, I just got all my medieval weaponry out of the way uh, as a teen, as opposed to like uh, an adult with access to much more money and and much more danger yeah (laughs) and and before the internet became like a a place where you could just like i'm just gonna buy a sword yeah and have it amazon prime delivered (laughs) right yeah i'm gonna buy i'm gonna buy a a a new skillet and a sword and a and a little egg cooker so i could make breakfast sandwiches i can get all that amazon (laughs) primed next day 
Um, yeah, I mean, I, I also, I, I, I don't have children, right? I'm, I'm right. single, no kids. So like, uh, that's another Congratulations. reason why I'm just out of control. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm so, I'm so sad alone. But yeah, thanks. <laughs> no, no, you know what? It's, it's a grass is greener prospect. Uh, yeah, right. Like it's, yeah, I'm glad that I, I'm have a kid and everything. Xavier's great, but uh, nice name. That's thank cool. you. Yeah, uh, but also. I wish I had sword money <laughs> and, <laughs> and time to just uh, read, you know, all those books. You talk sword about money. getting all those books and uh, yeah, I, I'm the same way. That's like one of the most interesting things about the 21st century is we run into this problem where now we're so oversaturated by media that every single person that's not a weirdo is going to be um, trapped in this one realm or another where they're never going to get through their collection of something or their access yeah. to something, right? Like Even if you just have a Netflix subscription and you're interested in a lot of stuff, you're never going to get through all of that stuff because it just keeps coming. Mm -hmm. and, and so on that way with my Steam library, I have 200 games that I've never played yeah. that I've owned for 10 years and I get to them slowly uh my playstation games are the same way my comic books are the same way my novels are the same way um you know the, I, i'm never going to catch up to any of it it's it's a really fascinating sort of a unexpected outcome of uh, the age we live in i think yeah no it is it, it is interesting i because i think i could probably not buy comics for two years and still, and still not yeah. yeah yeah like every bathroom break you have a new book yeah <laughs> and I, i'm i'm very much the same way not with comics well not with physical comics digital comics is is a beast all to its own uh, I, yeah. I have a t yeah i i've gone digital i i have a small apartment I have a kid that, you know, I don't have enough space for another long box. You know, it's, mm. it's just, it's tough. So um, I've gone digital and also I have ADD and um, it, it manifests itself in a very nasty way when I read comics uh, in that my eye always gravitates towards the bottom right of any page that I'm looking at. And so if I'm opening up a physical book, I'm looking a page and a half to two pages ahead at all times and just spoiling it for myself. So digitally, I can go panel by panel, get the page view at the end of uh, the, the page and, um, you know, not hate myself in the process. <laughs> I do. So I'm not a big panel by panel or smart view fan, but I did stumble across uh, people like uh, in, in uh, an internet conversation where people mentioned how great that is for horror comics mm. for a few reasons. For, for one, you're on a tablet or your computer, right? So you have right. a backlit display so you can actually be in the dark reading a horror comic and, and yes. still visually see it. And you can go panel by panel to essentially hide the jump scare that you will inevitably see like, you know, on, on two full open pages at a time right yeah so, you know by going panel by panel when you get to those big reveals or that that big moment it does kind of like hit you a little different um, right and 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 it's you know it and it, it kind of does become like a typical jump scare in a sense mm -hmm. and i i have like experienced with that 
and it's interesting. And I experienced, I, I played around with that, um, with, with swamp dogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was, it's, you guys do it even more interesting because of how <laughs> the, how sexy some of the parts are. Mm-hmm. Um, and that juxtaposition with, uh, the, the creep factor that happens in between. Right. And yeah. that was very interesting to where it's like, it's like, Ooh, I'm turned on. Oh, I'm creeped out. Ooh, I'm turned on again. Like, and it was, it was like this weird, like push and pull, uh, with yeah. really, really extravagant art and wonderful colors. And like these, you know, characters like finding themselves and, um, yeah, anyways, that was, that Thanks. was really trippy. So like, any, I, anybody I hope who's, uh, yeah, like, <laughs> Any, anybody who hasn't given up on comicsology yet, if you still have a smart, oh, like, God. It's, it's worth yeah. it. Well, you know, there's also a lot of um, really interesting things like Hoopla that are available, uh, mm. depending on the market that you're in. Um, I, I'm a very big fan of public libraries, so I, I will defend Hoopla and Canopy and all those cool apps uh, to the death. So, yeah, if, if you don't want to give Amazon your comic money, um, you know, try try and get Hoopla uh, and you can read my book for free. And so if you're not sure you want to spend four bucks on me and like uh, just just check it out digitally. Um, but yeah, no, I, I also I spend four bucks on this man because he's worth it. Maybe <laughs> spend 20 or 30. because Spend a hundred dollars. There's some really cool <laughs> variants. Yeah, exactly. I'll sign them. I'll put an interesting note on them. Like. Like I'll I'll uh, <laughs> I'll show you how bad I can draw on them if <laughs> if if you pay me enough. Um, yeah, you know I I really don't know how other comic creators do it, but something that Theona and I talk about constantly is where we show our splashes and where we show our reveals and everything, and we're conscious of um page flips basically, and yeah. so we don't want the crazy reveal to be uh on the second page of something we want you to have to flip the page and have it Mm. be as you flip the page and so i i haven't taken into consideration the comiXology smart panel approach to it um but i suppose if i were making comics for that i'd pace it out in a different way too although i'm glad to hear that you're finding this juxtaposition between scary and sexy uh, in in the panel by panel because uh, I'd like to think that I'm responsible for some weird boners, so. <laughs> I mean, you know, no comment, but maybe. <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe that's what I'll title one of my next books: is weird, weird boners. boners, and I'll just d- do my best. I'll just try really hard. <laughs> No pun intended. Yeah, right. No, no pun intended. Uh, that's absolutely amazing. I would. I mean, well, I mean, if I see your name on a comic, I'm going to buy it. So, I well, mean, thank like, you. You could, you could put out some weird shit, and I'll give it a shot. Oh, there, there is some weird shit coming. <laughs> like, I, I promise you. Um, it, it doesn't matter what the genre is. I'm, I'm going to have my own spin on it. What, uh, what made you guys want to? I mean, it's like I, like I just mentioned, structurally how well it works, but like the sex appeal of, of swamp mm-hmm. dogs and, and your, your covers, you know, uh, share that same theme as well. You have, you have, you know, sexy covers of beautiful women. Uh, and, and so like, what, um, was that like a plan? Like, Hey, let's, let's juxtapose this, 
this like gnarly gruesome zombie flesh eating crazy swamp tale with like you know beautiful scantily clad women and like uh you know the push and pull of how we you know uh manipulate our readers like emotions like I mean, did you guys like kind of what made you? Because I feel right. like it's very intentional, and it yeah, works. well, it, it definitely is intentional. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned that Theo has his college degree in a cult film, and I, I took some college courses. I'm college educated in horror uh, as a genre, and uh, you know, it, it really comes down to the genre itself. You know, uh, every good horror movie every grindhouse horror movie has the beautiful women and it has the disgusting hg lewis blood feast you know it's um it that's kind of it just goes part and parcel because exploitation film grindhouse film was just let's cover the topics that can't be covered in a mainstream movie theater and let's get teenagers to come to the movie and let's figure out how to keep them here. And if it requires a nipple, so God, uh, you know, by God, we'll, we'll give them a nipple. And if it requires a severed head by God, we'll give them a severed head. Uh, and usually within the same movie and oftentimes within the same 20, 30 minutes. Right. Um, and so it's, it's really a product of that. Uh, the the intentionality outside of that is us trying to juxtapose, and this was the thing that we talked about more, was juxtaposing the sexiness with representation, uh, juxtaposing the sexiness with actual characters that you feel for, as opposed to just having the the one actress that'll show her tits on screen, right? Yeah. Uh, we wanted it to be romantic. We wanted you to like these people outside of the fact that they're just nice to look at. Uh, we wanted to um, show that, I, I guess, queer women can be sexy and queer women can be queer women. And, uh, you know, you can admire from afar, even if you're not uh, the object of their desire, like you mm. can still desire them, I suppose. But their connection too, like you mentioned, is uh, th- so like, you know, I, I think of like the Friday the 13th films or, or even like, uh, you know, mike myers halloween right uh, you know where you know where we get the um the the you know the the uh the teenagers sneaking away to, to fuck and and the the, the repercussions of that right which is mm-hmm. which is also kind of like interesting how these these films are like the the kind of like underlying comment that is like mm-hmm. you know don't don't get your dick wet or you're gonna yeah. die you know which is just like right which horror is a, a big cheap. morality play it, yeah. it really is and and i mean especially the movies of the 80s right and mm-hmm. and the war on drugs right if if you if you smoke a joint you are dead if if you <laughs> if you take your tits out you are dead um and uh yeah we we have fun playing with that because uh, not everybody that shows their tits is gonna die and yeah. not everybody that um uh, enjoys the reefer is gonna die <laughs> necessarily you know they, uh, <laughs> yeah hypothetically <laughs> but uh, uh but back to um the your your main characters and yes and the this so this this love story um with ayana right mm-hmm. like there's i i'm not used to seeing that in horror like that that genuineness and and real like real blossoming love like you know like i found somebody at this weird time 
and and we just hit it off and now and now structurally like as that gets tested by the forces that are we come across in the narrative right like mm-hmm. i get why you guys are doing that but i'm just that was very fresh to me of this like uh this this real a real solid love like uh, that could have been a totally different coming of age narrative comic yeah. You guys did it so well. well. Thank you. And 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 like uh so like and that's so that, that was very unique to me. And um I mean when you guys were writing that, did you like were, were you like was it hard to know like where you were going and you're like, "Oh, sh- maybe we maybe we like flew too close to the sun like <laughs> this couple's too strong like what like we can't, you know, like I just um it, it, it was really cool and and it was interesting how that happened. Oh, thank you. I, you know, I'll say that there's no such thing as a love too strong. Uh, you know, that's the romantic in me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, um we we really did want to just make this a genuine love story. We wanted to have a very quick meet cute, right? Um, because time is constrained and pages are, you know, constrained and everything. Um, but we wanted these people to fall madly in love with each other right away. We wanted it to be believable to a certain extent. And, uh, we wanted to get our rocks off in the process a little bit too. And so it was a very deliberate thing. Um, you know, if, for those of you who are listening that have read the first issue, we juxtaposed I- images of them, uh, falling for each other and uh, being in the throes of passion with a band playing, you know, to sort of make it, it's PG 13, I suppose, uh, you know, with the panels (laughs) and everything, you know, we, we don't see anything too much, but it's all heavily implied and uh, it's set to really ominous music and really ominous lyrics at the same time. And uh, yeah, it was, it was something that we really wanted to do. Uh, One of my friends that read it uh, after we had it all uh, written out and colored and everything else uh, said it the best. He said, you want to have your cheesecake and eat it too. And (laughs) so like, uh, yeah, we, we wanted to be sexy, but we want it to be a love story because uh, love is the thing that is going to draw you into these characters and it's going to make any sort of separation of the two uh, that much harder. Yeah. You, it, you create like a vulnerability in your audience, right? Like we, we, we lose, we lose our guard and you, yeah. you soften us up and you make us, you know, squishy and, and easier for the <laughs> teeth to sink into us. Right. Exactly. And I mentioned earlier that I've always thought that that's what makes great horror, right? Is, is uh, you want to make us laugh. You want to make us cry. You want to make us horror you want to make us feel something and you want to be able to take that away violently uh, yes. usually with a uh, a monster or a zombie or a ghost or, or a serial killer right uh that's that's why scream is so iconic because it did all those things like miraculously right it was right it was it was funny and it was sexy uh you know you you wanted you wanted sydney to you know love her boyfriend and be, and be happy and and it <laughs> she just couldn't have that happen right um so like you know in that sense, like I love that element of, of horror when it uh, when it doesn't feel like horror until it until it needs to, right? Right. And yeah. You guys are good, really good at that. What what's Thank you. some like inspirational? Uh, I mean, whatever form of media, novel, comic, movie, series, like what what uh what influenced you know some of your decision making while scripting this out? Uh, it's a good question. Um, 
you know, when it comes to the romance stuff, uh, I don't know. <laughs> um, no, uh, honestly, and I've, I've said this story a thousand times. So anybody who's listening to me from podcast to podcast, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, but the original idea for this whole book started as a recontextualizing of an old Spanish horror movie called Tombs of the Blind Dead, uh, which is from the 70s. And it does feature a queer woman main character. And uh, very early on, you learn that uh, she had a romantic dalliance with another character that you believe is going to be a main character. Uh, but in fact, she is not long for the film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, um, it's a really tender moment that they share. They, they um, It becomes this really complicated love triangle. And then there's a flashback to how it is that they fell for one another. And it's this really kind of creepy, dramatic, romantic, sincere, erotic scene. And I think that was the main inspiration, honestly, for it. Uh, not just that there was a queer woman lead, which I think is really cool. Um, and also I like lesbians, uh, <laughs> so that that helps. Uh, but also just, you know, that you could have this sort of heartwarming, touching moment and these these moments where you get squishy, right? Where you let your guard down. And that makes everything that follows that much worse. And you're right. Uh, you know, it's um, horror is a genre of extremes, of peaks and valleys. Um, you have to trick the reader or the viewer or the listener into letting their guard down. And you can only do do that by good storytelling that is not horrific uh you to do a proper horror story the right way you have to craft uh you basically have to be a master at another genre other than horror and the horror just has to be that extra spice element in it wow. you know uh, because yeah you you want people to laugh and if you're laughing you're not going to expect the jump scare that comes right or if you are getting that weird boner uh you know you're you're not ready if if your pants are down then you're being caught with your pants down right uh so so that's the thing is is we want people to have all these other emotions uh before we traumatize them essentially buzz buzz babies we're taking a little break from that awesome interview you're listening to to talk about an awesome comic shopping experience i've stumbled across let me tell you about gagescomicpages.com this is a family-owned mom and pop type shop but they're all online the gage family is putting themselves out there and putting in the work so that people who don't have a local comic book shop can still get comics every week. These are good people. They ship quickly and securely, and shipping's free if you spend over $10. Basically, if you buy three or more comics, shipping's free. And what's better than that? If you use the code BLAKESBUZZ, you get 10% off your first order. And if you want to pre-order something or make special requests, sending a message through their website is super easy. They can even make you a pull list. The Gages are great people with a great shop and a great outlook on nerd life, and I highly encourage you to check them out. Again, that's Gage gagescomicpages.com what is your your master genre that has combined with horror are you the are you the romantic are you the comedian like (laughs) well you know theo and i have definitely gravitated towards different parts of the scripting process 
Um, I, I want to say that the majority of them introducing themselves to one another in issue one was me, but the, all the romance that came out of issue two was mostly Theo. Uh, and then I wound up gravitating towards the band and the band's dynamic because I had it in my head, how these characters would interact with each other. And the idea was a dysfunctional Scooby-Doo, uh, mystery Inc was, was sort of the backbone for it. Right. And they even um, have dogs in the van too. They yeah, do. I was, yes. I was definitely, I was feeling that vibe a little bit. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that was definitely the intention. And um, I'm a big fan of comedy that is sort of like ball busting dynamics with other people, like a Kevin Smith kind of movie. And okay. so that's sort of what I was going after with that. And that's sort of what I've been enjoying is, is the people ripping on each other. And that continues throughout the issues. You know, they, they don't stop ribbing on each other. They don't start, you know, stop uh, fucking with each other, even in times of crisis, even in times of uh, unity and, and having a bond together. That's part of their bond is, is the fact that they like to fuck with each other. And uh, so I think that's a really core element of the story that I really caught into. And uh, it's something that I've had a lot of fun with. That's awesome. So, so you mentioned your your dad and and you your uh, and Xavier. How how old your son? I uh, he's uh, gonna be seven at the end of summer. Okay. So my dad, I, I don't remember exactly how old I was. I was between seven and ten. Mm-hmm. I was very young, and he would let me watch horror movies, and he showed me Alien at a very <laughs> very young age. Uh and it was awesome uh you know like i was up late with my dad we were watching this movie and it was cool uh and but i was i mean absolutely terrified yeah and Uh i remember like i remember like borderline like screaming nightmares uh for like a couple weeks my Uh mom was so (laughs) mad oh man she was like fuck you jim like i can't believe you let him watch that shit like that and like you know i'm just like I fucked me up, man. And, and then he took me to see a fire in the sky when that came out. And so like, as a tiny child, like I was so sure I was going to be like abducted and experimented on by aliens. Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And, and, but it, it like, um, it it messed me up, you know, for, for a short time. Like I, I'm not, I never like had to see a therapist or anything, but like, older me now like i love sci-fi i love horror when mm-hmm. they come together like my hair stands up on the back of my neck right like i get right. legit excited and and i think that's that's i love both of those genres sci-fi and horror i think they're so phenomenal and there's they're also very similar in how they're executed well mm-hmm. um and that in that like we've talked about like uh, we have to find that universality and emotion because of these like, you know, abnormal situations that, exactly. that our characters find yeah. themselves in. Uh, and, and so like, you know, uh, like I love event horizon and I hate when people are like, Oh, it's such a cheesy movie. And I'm like, no, it's an excellent movie. Like, what are you talking? <laughs> like this ship goes to hell. And it's like a haunted spaceship story. It's so rad anyway. Um, but uh, like, yeah. I I definitely want to remake Event Horizon at some point. That's a bucket list thing. Writing it or directing it or both. uh, That's so. If anybody is listening who has (laughs) any power whatsoever, 
Um, I love a lot of Event Horizon, but I do think that I can make it better. <laughs> uh, there, I okay. So maybe I've made this up because I haven't seen any proof of it. But I swear, when HBO Max was launching, and and they did like their online, like this is all the stuff that's going to come out on uh-huh. HBO Max. I swear they said they were going to do an Event Horizon mini. You might be right. And, uh, like, you know, it's it's it's. I don't want to say it's prime material for it because in my mind, prime material is stuff that actually sucked but has a really good concept (laughs) right you know like um there were other things that i want to remake that just objectively suck but the concept behind it like you know it's it's like a teardown of a house right every every wall sucks and every like every decoration you know idea sucks but the foundation's good it's got a good foundation and i can build on that foundation um but event horizon seems to me to be ripe for remaking and so i i hope that you're right i hope that you didn't just make it up i know i got it feels like it feels like it's supposed to be remade somewhere yeah no i'm I'm choosing to believe you (laughs) thanks uh but uh have you have you let xavier like venture into like some more or is it (laughs) it's it's a little too early um he does have you're like i don't want my fucking son waking up at night screaming blake i don't know what's wrong with your family yeah blake blake i no no i i was exposed to horror very early way too early um i actually as a matter of fact had nightmares every single night as a kid every single night until like from about four and a half until i was about 11 okay uh so you know that that might be why i'm into horror now uh like every single night uh to the point where psychology projects for college were done about me and my nightmares uh to the point where um i had a bed next to my parents bed because i just did not sleep in my own room uh so i know the dangers of exposing a kid to (laughs) horror too early and i don't think that's the only reason why i had those nightmares but i don't want to contribute to it and uh the fact of the matter is as much as xavier loves horror and loves that uh his dead into creepy stuff and he is morbidly fascinated by all my horror t-shirts that i'm wearing all the time um he's really sensitive and there have been a lot of times where I've wanted to put on a movie for him that I think is completely innocuous and he will scream and uh, tell me to turn it off immediately. Uh, what was it? Two weeks ago, three weeks ago, I tried the movie journey to the West, the Stephen Chow movie and you know, the Kung Fu hustle Shaolin mm-hmm. soccer guy. And I was like, yeah, this movie has a couple creepy moments in it, but I think it'll be fine. And it's really funny and it's really cool. And um, it'll be his first Kung Fu movie. Right. And within 15 minutes, he screamed louder than I've ever heard a human being scream in his entire life. Uh, in my entire life i should say and uh i had to turn it off and um he brings it up constantly he's like dad i can't get that image out of my head (laughs) so so he's not ready for horror just yet but he does give me a lot of really good ideas for stuff also and and he uh insists that he's my idea man so you know (laughs) there are definitely going to be influences from my son in some um, some of my horror work that's got to be like a, a cool dad feeling and also like the excitement of like 
as he gets older to like be able to show him stuff like, yeah yeah no i i mean been obviously he can't list. read swamp dogs right now right? <laughs> right well you know he he does he has seen all of issue one um you know despite the fact that there's blood and decapitations and everything else he knows the general story of it uh he's able to point to it he was able to like laugh at the uh, homeless drifter accidentally on <laughs> awakening awakening the undead um he had me do this thing digitally where i would flip pages and he went to the reveal of the undead over and over again and started cracking up about it so <laughs> you know like that's okay uh i refuse to let him read issue two or look at issue two though you know there's just some stuff that's too adult uh both yeah. in the sexy way and in the gory way for for him um but yeah no i keep a list of everything that i want to show to him and uh you know i i can't wait to be able to show him stuff uh number one on the list being ghostbusters so we'll we'll see how that goes when it comes time but you know i don't want to traumatize them with that library scene just yet yeah that i so there's it's funny there's still like as much as i love horror and uh i, I watched a movie recently that i want to talk i wanted to see if you watched uh that sure. i think ruined all horror movies for me but regard like uh -oh. i still remember <laughs> some like iconic moments like as a childhood like i remember when my parents i used to love dinosaurs right mm -hmm. so like when I was a kid, I could name like all the dinosaurs and I would like drop these like multi-syllabic bombs at like dinner parties. Right. And my family would be like, he's so smart and he's going to be a scientist. And I was like, <laughs> boy, am I going to let you motherfuckers down? But, like, you know, like, so, Little did but, you know. Yeah. And uh, But I remember going to see Jurassic Park in the theater and that opening scene where they're dropping the velociraptor uh, into the the main, uh, uh, not the tank, but the exhibit. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and, it, and it, it breaks out and it's make it's like shrieking and it mm -hmm. eats that guy and it pulls him into the you know like and I that's as far like, as xavier got with that one too yeah we did try jurassic park <laughs> and and he did not make it past the intro with the velociraptor yeah i was I, I remember like i was in the theater and and i remembered the trailers right and i was like there's so many more dinosaurs like you you have to make it through i was like hyping myself up as a child <laughs> and and then so i and i ended up you know like watching the movie and like fell in love with it but the, i right. still remember like that fear from that opening sequence of jurassic park i remember watching exorcist for the first time mm -hmm. uh with my with my buddy dennis uh in my room with the lights off i think we were in sixth grade was when we first watched that and i was mm -hmm. like so we're i was raised catholic and i was in catholic school right yeah uh, that'll and do so it so like that hit that hit a little different but the scariest one of the scariest moments i've i've had other than like the alien stuff thinking when mm -hmm. i was gonna get abducted and eaten by aliens was when i found the book of revelations in the fucking bible and oh read about the the uh the the insect men with the lion heads and the scorpion tails and like all this terrible shit that god and the angels are going to do to people at the end of time man i was traumatized i was like i was like it's what? A trip. No, like yeah it's uh, like oh man i just and i was obsessed with it like i kept reading it and thinking about it and like i would draw pictures of it um wow so yeah like that that really so these like little moments like that i, I yeah. remember and and it's funny like it, these things that like mess me up as a kid and, and now like i like live for that right like i yeah. i yeah. miss being scared i miss that feeling of fear which i found recently when i watched a shutter original 
original car called the dark and the wicked okay now you know what i haven't even heard of that and i, okay. I have a shutter subscription oh, so i will check it out you should um, check it out <laughs> yeah just like you said uh you you live for wanting to be scared again and and i'm the same way you know it's it's so few and far between that i feel anything other than amusement at a horror movie or a horror book or anything um the last thing that i could remember that really disturbed me was uh the first issue of nice house on the lake by uh tinian yeah that was good yeah yeah just uh that that was pretty horrific to me uh the last movie i can remember really setting me on edge was a long time ago now and that was the orphanage so Mm. um yeah i it's i i definitely need to look that one up because i i really want to be scared i would love to be scared about anything other than real life well yeah real life is absolutely (laughs) right yeah Yeah. every every moment of every day i live in existential dread (laughs) um i want somebody to make up some fantastic dread for me yeah yeah when i when i watch the dark and the wicked i uh i so i watch it by myself with the lights off you know sound crazy up have it have a nice mm-hmm. surround sound system i notice about four to 30 40 minutes into the movie right i'm legit i know i'm i'm like what am i doing i'm holding myself like and i was like <laughs> clenching my arms and i was like what and so yeah it's um i love it it's it's it's, it's pretty most people that watch it agree with me like it's very mm-hmm. good uh it, but yeah it's it, it, i haven't been scared like that and it just freaked me out i remember after it was over, I because my sister's really into horror movies too. I texted mm-hmm. my sister. I was like, I don't feel safe. I was like, I need <laughs> to go to sleep. I have to work tomorrow. Right. I need to turn these lights out and go to bed. I don't want to turn these lights out. Like, yeah. I haven't felt like that since I was a kid. Oh, uh, that's a and, great feeling. I yeah, mean, a terrible so, feeling, but no, like, it was great. It was yeah. great. Like, like, and I, I've watched um, uh, Saint Maud was really good. Uh-huh. It was more I heard like good a, things it was, about it that. It was more like uh, cerebral and right. and trippy. Um, and the last, uh, the last scene is one of the coolest, craziest things I've ever seen. And mm-hmm. then um, I watched Antlers the other night, and that was. Uh, that was a good like Wendigo story and it had some cool moments, but it, again like i just all these horror movies i've seen since the dark i'm like it's cool but like i, I wasn't like this you know right like I right so yeah uh, i i got very close to that with hereditary uh yes i think the last hereditary, movie and and even to this point like there's there's still imagery from that movie there are moments from that movie that enter my psyche and um i i, I think just thought about like the wall crawling and stuff when you brought it up and kind of yeah. like kind of got the tingles like yeah Oh, it, it, better than the wall crawling, I think, is when she's just repeatedly hitting her head against the ceiling. Oh, yeah. Like, that's, that's yeah. yeah. Uh, mm, chef's kiss. She's, she's like, uh, I, I love her as an actress, but, like, she um, she had a, uh, the United States of Terra on Showtime. Mm-hmm. was, like, what her, like, her kind of big hit when, when everybody found out about her. And, yeah. like, her, like, mental instability and multiple personalities, like, some, she just has, like, the good crazy eyes and wild smile right that, like makes you a little uncomfortable anyway and hereditary took that in a totally different direction so and she's a phenomenal actor like i mean yeah 
So, Terrific. but yeah, like that, that movie was, <laughs> that movie hits, hits real hard too. But so, yeah, yes. I just, I feel like these, these really great horror movies are few and far between, uh, right. especially in American cinema. I feel like foreign horror, um, does it a little better. Um, I think that foreign horror relies less on the spectacle and mm-hmm. more of like, it's like more ambiance and character driven. Also, like when, when you are, when you read subtitles and you, you, you can't play with your phone and stuff, like <laughs> right, it kind of right. forces you to pay more attention, which, which you get more out of the movie. But yeah, yeah, like, I don't know. Oh, I, I become, a, when a movie's involved, I become a fascist and uh, it, nobody's allowed to pick up a phone. Nobody's allowed to talk during a movie. Like, <laughs> it's all in the dark. I, I have some very particular movie watching rules and uh, yeah, I, I get lost in cinema. So um, yeah, I I get that. But yeah, definitely. Like if you have something with subtitles, it's a lot tougher to get distracted because you have to focus on what's being said and everything else. Yeah. I'm bad at that. I need, and you know, Blake's buzz doesn't help uh, because my, my Twitter audience is growing. My audience is growing. My phone phone never makes noise. Like I refuse to have my phone make noise. It doesn't even vibrate. Yeah. Uh, My family loves that because when they call me, I never see it. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, I'll get back to you. It's not like it's like days when no one hears from me, but I just, I don't like my phone making noise, but I check it a lot because of that. And I'm bad about that when I'm watching movies, like, and I, I, I try really hard to stop myself. And that's mm-hmm. why I, I, I read so much more. Well, it's kind of like my, my job, right. Is to read yeah. and cover comics and stuff, but it's really hard to hold a tablet and read or hold a omnibus and read and check your phone. Sim- you know, yes. like you're trapped in that zone, uh, which, which is why I like, you know, I, I just love reading. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And, 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 but uh, it's. I was gonna ask what uh, you mentioned hereditary, like uh, in regards to like you know not maybe not super modern, but like something you've seen maybe recently. Like what's as a as a as a master of horror, I'm gonna call you that because you're wow. Good at it. Oh, thank you. you. Know? Like what's what's something you've seen recently that that made you like. Like, ooh, I wish I wrote that, or, or ooh, I wish I could, I wish I did something like that in my right. story. Uh God, you know, it's it's tough because like I, I've seen so much stuff, and uh, honestly, I, I've been so wrapped up in my own creations recently that I've actually had a, a pretty tough time sitting down to horror myself. Mm. Um, I will say that the last horror anything that I've consumed recently where I felt jealous. Uh, is I've started really getting into Jujido yeah. and um, his stories are just fantastic. His short stories are just um, ridiculous. Like I wish that I had that level of um, prolific creation in me and that I would feel free enough to be that bonkers with <laughs> it at the same time. You know, <laughs> some of his premises are just, just so out there. It's and to insane. to be able to draw that well and tell that to just he just yeah. do it all by yourself like oh god give someone yeah. else a chance you selfish <laughs> bastard like damn yeah yeah you know if if i had if i had any sort of drawing ability whatsoever it would be game over for everybody 
I think, because uh, there, there are so many things that I've been able to like put down on paper that I can still reimagine based on my description of it, but I don't think it will ever translate the right way. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm hoping an artist out there will prove me wrong and I'll be able to collaborate with somebody mm-hmm. on just the weird shit that's in my journals. Um, but yeah, the, the fact that Junji Ito is such a capable, amazing artist and has such a twisted, demented mind is, is, uh, it's unfair. <laughs> I guess he's like super nice. Like he has a, he has a manga personal collection of like uh-huh. manga essays or something where he just like talks about his wife and his cat. And it's supposed to be like really like heartwarming and beautiful and, and not, mm-hmm. not horse. It's, it's like a, right. it's a creative nonfiction kind of deal. Yeah. And, and so like, I, I remember a friend was telling me about it, but yeah, like, dude, I, snails weird me out now after <laughs> yeah after uh-huh. Uzu, after uzumaki like i was like 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 it's yeah. so gross yeah Uz- uzumaki is actually the latest one of his that i read because i nice. started with some of his shorts and i i finally worked my way up to that and there were definitely moments in that i i, I can't wait for the cartoon to finally hit i'll, I'll say that oh, they're much. doing a they're doing an anime it is it is a black and white adult swim show no. with one of the most insane uh i believe it's colin stetson is doing the music for it so it's going to be this like psychedelic saxophone freak out the whole time and uh yeah it's it's gonna be epic and i think it's been delayed several years at this point because everything great is (laughs) yeah yeah dogs the uzumaki anime animation yeah the the adult swim swamp dogs adaptation like (laughs) all great things come to those who wait though right exactly exactly so uh yeah in answer to your question uh, the junji ito stuff jumps out at me um Psycho Goreman is another movie that I watched recently where I was like, oh, man, like, this is so good. And, uh, you know, I I would have flavored it a little bit differently, but I love what they did with it. And uh, I love how the little girl was the scariest thing and all that. Yes. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Although, uh, you know, I I liked it so much. I during the pandemic, I've been doing these movie nights with friends, virtual movie nights where I'm hosting and I'm cutting together trailers and uh, old drive-in, you know, uh, let's all go to the movies type uh, sequences and shorts. Oh, cool. and, yeah. And uh, so I, I recently did one for Psycho Gorman because I liked it so much when I watched it. I was like, I'll watch this again so I can show it to my friends. And uh, one of the things that really jumped out at me with it, apart from everybody like falling in love with the girl, was just how much i would watch just the straight serious sci-fi aspect of it you know or uh, straight with the quotations around it right uh just their their distorted super gory version of power rangers like i i would watch that for two hours (laughs) did you uh did you back the kickstarter i didn't no no i'm i'm a latecomer i will be doing all the the digital issues of it and all that 
good stuff but uh yeah i'm i'm ex- it was it was kind of expensive but it was it ended up making so much money and all the stretch goals like the extra money it costs like mm-hmm. with all the print I, I think you even get like a stupid little cardboard psycho gourmet mask like yeah, that's cool <laughs> um but yeah i'm i'm really excited for that and uh i yeah it was i was like yeah i'm so bad with kickstarters and i'm not like bad like i love them and just spend too much money right uh, and i do a lot of work with them too like a lot of i do a lot of creator interviews and um you know they they like coming on the show and stuff but yeah they i'm very very excited for that psycho Goreman comic i i think it's uh I yeah it's gonna be cool and i think so too just a ton of rock star creatives on it too wonderful art and different i know uh, different take I, the, the the world of anthology work right now is is really intriguing and especially with horror like horror anthologies like i don't they're a dime a dozen but they're great like yes i love horror anthologies there's so much cool i i got um there's morsels too many for me to keep track of it's crazy uh but yeah i i buy every single one that i find um i I love i love short horror um you know i a lot of it is uh professional jealousy and a lot of it is uh (laughs) idea mongering and 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 trying to idea gather and then uh, a lot of it is you know um could i do better and and that sort of a thing so uh yeah i i agree with you and and there's a lot of good horror anthologies out there right now but just you know comic anthologies in general um you know one of our variant artists james edward clark uh was heavily involved with an anthology that i backed called tales to enlighten yeah yeah and uh i i have yet to read it it's very high up on my list of stuff to read uh so i'm really excited about that i am this kind of idiot where i am like "Ooh, i'm gonna back this digitally to save some money and then yeah. the thing drops and then i'm like "Ooh, i probably actually want this physical for myself <laughs> uh-huh. and so a lot of times i will uh i'll i will dm the creators and i'll be like i was like hey i back this like can i like upgrade after the fact but that's one they they're selling that on their etsy and it's 40 bucks and and like i mean it's it's like 300 pages so it's not yeah it's not your traditional kickstarter anthology size like, right they, they they got people on yeah. it oh it's um, massive yeah and they're working on the second one right now i just got a kickstarter update for yeah them. i just saw that too i'm yeah. really excited about that but yeah that's the uh yeah it's that's that's cool man like uh, same same wavelength that's awesome yeah because yeah exactly. that's but yeah i will uh I do that a lot. I'll, I'll, I'll hit people up after the fact and be like, can I get a, can I buy this again? Essentially like and for more money that I should have <laughs> just done the first time, but right. I'm really bad about, uh, and, and Kickstarter. I wish they would just take your fucking money right away. Yes. I get that. I get that if they had to refund it, it would be a pain in the ass. But like, there are so many times where I'm like, Ooh, yes, 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 yes. And then like, Oh, it's the 15th of the month. And, um, Oh shit. I just got hit up for like 250 bucks. Right. It's like, uh, I did not, I did not plan for this. Like, man, shit. 
Uh, and you know, I hate being that guy who changes my pledge. Uh, right. and, and I've had to do that a couple of times and I was okay. like, I feel like I'm like, Oh man, I'm that asshole. I don't allow myself <laughs> to look at Kickstarter, uh, because there's just, there's too many good ideas and there's yeah, too many crazy. things that I'm interested in and too many things that I want to support. Right. Because like one, one of the great things about crowdfunding is it's stuff that might otherwise have a hard time getting a foothold in, uh, an already existing industry or mm -hmm. uh, you know getting with a major publisher or anything else um but you you let the democracy of the internet uh prevail and and say you know here's our money this is worth it and yeah. i love that about it um but also i know that i would spend way too much fucking money yeah, on it so um i i really do my best to stay out of it and <laughs> whenever i do see something uh i wind up going a little too deep into it and uh then i look at the related ones and then yeah as you said i'm out a hundred dollars or 200 bucks you know at a random time in the month so um this latest batch that i went through and everything like i i just really need to sit down and actually read it now you know i did a, a cullen bunn kickstarter and i did a keenan marshall keller kickstarter and i did um a graphic adaptation of what is it the blood island uh it's it's um brian yesna is redoing a old filipino horror movie as a comic book oh wow yeah it's some some weird stuff and then you know i board games too like i i'm yeah I'm... it's it's tough so i'm i'm waiting on um i kick-started an x-men marvel united board game you did that i, I did that to. it looks yeah. so cool yeah so at uh, sometime later this month i will just have this gigantic box that's three times <laughs> the size of the actual board game just filled with backs backer rewards because it wound up getting like five million dollars in yeah. in its pledges uh so there's something like 60 70 extra characters for it so yeah, there was a uh, a ninja. There was a ninja. IDW does mm -hmm. games now. Right. They, yeah. they started when they first started in that they were doing Kickstarters. There was a Ghostbuster one. There was mm -hmm. a Ninja Turtle one. I really wanted the Ninja Turtle one with all the the stuff. So none of my I can't get my friends into board games for mm -hmm. life of me. Like every every now and then, uh, and then like uh, we they like like the fun like card party games. Right. But yeah. Like, I cannot get my friends into board games and I, but I still buy them like in the hope of like one day, right. I'll, I will find a group to campaign with, you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. Guilty. I, that, I'm, <laughs> I'm training my kid, you know? Uh, nice. Yeah. X, X can do the Marvel United stuff, even though it's like a little bit above his pay grade. And so uh, he was the reason, like he saw the the pieces and he wanted to do it. So yeah, yeah, that's, that's why I backed that one. Yeah. I was, uh, I, I really like magnetic press and I was going to do mm -hmm. uh carbon, a uh, carbon gray, this like old image series. They, mm -hmm. they re-released the omnibus. They're, they're reprinting the omnibus and I bought the omnibus. I'm waiting for that. But I was in, I was in for like, it was like 220 bucks and it oh, was wow. this huge game, all these beautiful miniatures, all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And then I ended up like, I was like, no one's going to play this with me. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm spending 175 extra dollars yeah. on this game that like no one's ever going to play with me. Right. And so I ended up just getting the omnibus, but like I had, I'm really into, um, 
I bought these like last night on earth games, this like zombie board game. And there's like mm-hmm. all these expansions and you can like basically like use these expansions and like build like this zombie narrative to like have like a night of gaming. And there's been Sounds like, fun. two or three times I've gotten my friends to play it. And they were like, Oh yeah, this is kind of fun. And then I'm like, you guys want to do this again? And they're like, <laughs> can we just have like dinner and watch a movie <laughs> you know? right right hey you know it's cook. an investment in like, time I have people over and i'm like I'm, i'll like i'll cook we'll have a game night it'll be fun and they're like right i like the food part <laughs> <laughs> but yeah <laughs> yeah yeah no no it's 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 an investment in time and you have to find the right people you're absolutely right um i don't know what sort of resources are available to you but living in la um i guess i'm a little bit spoiled if i wanted to find a group i i could uh but yeah no you're you're absolutely right i've probably spent a thousand dollars on games that i've played once or twice with friends and i'm worried that i'll never be able to play with them again um you know and so what i've been trying to do is buy games that also have a one player mode for yeah. the times where I'll just decide to sit down and play a board game with myself. I call that the sadness campaign. Cause I just like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I'm with like, I like, um, there's this Marvel legendary game and it's, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's cards and it's, it's, I've been meaning to get it. So yeah. It's so awesome. And I, for okay. a while I was buying all the expansions, like, mm-hmm. cause I, I just gung ho into shit. Right. And my right. collector mentality, like clicks in and it's like, you got to Pokemon this shit. You got to mm-hmm. catch them all and you got to catch them now. And right. So like, yeah. I tried to like g- stay up to date on all these, but the, I mean like they just keep pumping out the jams for these expansions and, mm-hmm. but they're, it's, it's very fun, but they, they have a solo mode and, and it, it's they it, It's smart. Cause it's like, you can try different stuff and you can, Basically, like if you win, you tally up some things at the end and you have like a personal score. Like, how good did you win? And oh, you okay. Can try and like win better. Oh, that's by yourself cool. Later. I and, like but that. It's, yeah, I, I did too, but I was. Do you still like, feel sad? doing it yeah okay well, i'm just like you know, i'm like, I'm like hey, like this would be fun with like other people right <laughs> you know yeah and then also they remind you like some of the expansions it'll tell you it'll be like you can't play this one by yourself blake <laughs> and it, i feel like it has a tone in the yeah. instruction manual oh 100 you know? percent. <laughs> yes yeah and, and on on the back of the box there's that little icon that says like not for losers and babies that are only by themselves <laughs> i i I know. I, I know that pain. <laughs> <laughs> we do have, uh, there's a few. So like I'm in Kansas city, Missouri. So, but I mean, there's a few like board game stores that like, right. do well and they have like mm-hmm. game nights. Some of the comic shops around here do it, but it's mostly magic. The gathering, which like I've tried, it's interesting. I can't build a deck to save my life. It's and I can't, I itself. can't remember the rules. I don't, okay. I can't, I'm just like, you, you're I, magic I blind. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, but yeah, there's, there's, uh, there's some board game places that like have, have board game nights. And like, I've thought about, um, you know, taking my, cause you know, like I have all these, la- that those zombie games and I'm like, Oh, I could like take these up there. But now like, I'm still like, I still mask up everywhere. I'm vaxxed and everything. Right. But like, I don't, I'm not super excited to like go out in public all the time. Yeah. And I'm been, right with you there. I've been joking on Twitter or, or well, not really on Twitter, like with friends all day. I've been like, I've been like cussing you as a joke but i was like everybody's like oh, i'm gonna see batman tonight and i was like oh, i gotta interview this comic writer like but like that's the reason like i don't want to fucking go sit in a covid chair 
and like sit in people's germ piles yeah on a on on a batman premiere night like right there's gonna no, be no, no, no. a lot of people yeah and they just took away our mask mandate so not everybody's gonna be wearing a mask and i'm just you not... can't be mad at it anymore yeah officially <laughs> yeah i'm just not i'm not ready to like go totally like tool i love tool they're one of my favorite bands they're coming in march i keep mm-hmm. thinking about going um the new podcast network is is trying to help me get a press pass for the Kansas City Planet Con in April, mm-hmm. and I'm like, but do you, do I want to go? Like, it, right. you know, like I just I'm still not ready. Like I'm you know like I'm overweight and I you know like I quit smoking cigarettes and stuff. But like I I've known people that have had like legit like long term COVID and it it freaked me out. It freaked me out like when uh, I used to think motorcycles were sexy until college when my buddy got in a motorcycle wreck and they like had to rebuild his arm and and he was like he was down for months and months and months right right and i was yeah. like ooh motorcycles aren't sexy anymore like that's <laughs> so like I, I i just i don't know like i, I don't yeah. i don't like i don't want to be like i'm scared of the world but i'm kind of still scared of the world yeah no 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 100% you know it's um that's I, I'm right in the same boat. You know, I, I have a bronchial condition. I'm overweight. I quit smoking because of the pandemic. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I am still terrified of going out. And and it's going to take some to time. Quit yeah. smoking during a worldwide pandemic. Yeah. It, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. No. I, I, what, what I've come to understand over the last, like, two and a half years is that when I have a difficulty or a crisis in my life, um, I do it on hard mode or nightmare mode. Like I, I have, I have a real high degree of difficulty with any sort of thing. Like if you knew all the things that happened around the same time that I quit smoking cigarettes, um, you'd probably start smoking again. Just hear about <laughs> it. So, um, yeah, but but I, I'm I'm right there with you. It's 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 really tough. A lot of us, yeah, and not everybody. And and kudos to you if if you don't have it, but a lot. Of of us are going to have some lingering trauma over the fear of everything mm-hmm. and for me it it comes down you know now that i'm vaccinated and boosted and everything else i'm a little less afraid of getting sick in the first place it's the long-term effects it's the long stuff yeah. and talking to people that have had long covid that i'm really concerned about you know the, we we don't know the after effects you know there's mental illness that gets triggered by it you know there's mm-hmm. psychological sin like it all kinds of weird stuff that we just don't know and don't understand i want to keep my sense of taste and smell i i like smelling and tasting things yeah so um yeah it's it's gonna take time but i have a feeling you know as time goes on uh we'll start warming up to it a little bit more i think we will see that the sky's not falling once these mask mandates start getting lifted yeah. uh, now that a majority of people are inoculated or have been exposed uh long enough uh and little by little, uh, we'll we'll start being able to step out and go to our comic book stores and our game stores and uh, actually mingle with people. I did go to my first movie in. I, I went to a movie in October. I thought things were getting better in October. You know, I got my booster. Uh, Swamp Dogs one came out, so I flew to New York. So my first time on a plane in two years, oh, I flew wow. to New York for New York Comic Con uh, just because it was the week before my book was supposed to come out. So I did that. I was terrified. I double masked the entire time. Um, I had to take a test 
uh, when I got back is, is sort of the house rules. And actually, if it weren't for the fact that my son's uh, really severely ADHD, um, I would have had to quarantine somewhere else to make sure that I wasn't uh, bringing something back home. Yeah. Uh, but my wife just couldn't handle them. So, <laughs> so I came back right away. Uh, but you know, I, I saw a movie then I did the convention. Then I saw kind of what the future might hold for us. Um, we'll, we'll get back there at some point. What it's, was the movie? Uh, I watched the French dispatch. Okay. Yeah. I did a date night because, you know, living in a little apartment with a wife and a kid. And at the time, my father-in-law who had a heart attack and had to live with us. So, a two-bedroom apartment for four people it's a little tough to get any sort of privacy so yeah yeah we did the french dispatch but then uh this last one was sing to for for the kiddo because he hadn't okay. been to a movie theater in three years so wow. yeah yeah i got a uh, facebook memories popped up for me and i didn't realize i've been i've been working from home for almost just shy of two years like they sent us home. Like I remember the office building I worked in, like everybody else was going home and we were still having to go there. And I uh-huh. was like, I was like, all right, well, I, I guess they care about us. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 But yeah, I, I remember, I remember them sending us home. And then, and I also remember uh, having to go uh, clean off my desk and get all my toys uh, and Funkos and stuff. Right. And, like, uh-huh. I had like three bags just full of action figures and Funkos. <laughs> and the shit that i had in my cubicle and right it was so weird like going into this ghost of an office building no one's there like and you know like the the our team room where we all used to like joke around and laugh and like be there every day like it was all like there's like this like sheet of dust all over everything and it was right. just like everything covered in plastic and tears yeah like it, it felt like uh those scenes from like zombie movies when they're they're like out scrounging you know like, mm-hmm. i was like i was like man this is a fucking trip it was just weird so yeah like i just i had to go pick up all my you know my grown-up toys and action mm-hmm. figures that were all on my desk and stuff and yeah, it's so yeah. They, I, I love it. I like the the one great thing about all this is like working <laughs> from home is fucking yeah. epic. Yeah, like, working from home like, is really nice. I miss the office. I'm like, fuck you. Like, <laughs> I'm like, no, we have a team chat. We can IM. We can talk. Right We're on Facebook. Like, I don't need to see it. I, I I think there's something too, like a little bit of in person contact, um, but it doesn't need to be five days a week. No, right. Um, exactly. You know, if, if you could like come back into the office one day a week uh, as as a drone, I think, you know, most people would be OK with that. And yeah. I think it would be better for life, the universe and everything. Right. Um, luckily for me, I took my day job to uh, fully remote well before the pandemic, about a year and a half. So I had training for that. The only thing I wasn't prepared for was having my uh, wife and kid full time with me also <laughs> and a like, lot of lo- the things i love you guys but damn <laughs> yeah well you know it's just it's it's really tough i mean especially because um they don't have the same sort of schedule or the same sort of demands that i did oh, and okay. uh having a remote job uh during the pandemic they don't expect anything to change right they expect mm. the same level of productivity but meanwhile i have two other people you know calling for me all the time 
or you know needing stuff and so my my productivity plummeted 50 75 percent uh for for a good portion of the beginning of things and uh you know without much uh in terms of resources or understanding for it uh so you know it's it's a little tough um but yeah i i i do just fine working remotely i i don't mind it at all uh part of the problem for me though is i would love to take my day job to a coffee shop or something um but my work is of a sensitive nature that doesn't allow me to work in public most of the time so Uh. Uh, you know, it's um, a little lonely, <laughs> but uh, alcohol during the day helps. <laughs> See, I uh, so for seven years, I was a bouncer uh, okay. and, and I worked in a very busy bar and uh, I dealt with so much bullshit and they kept lying to me. Basically, they're like, oh, we're going to make you a bartender. You're going to make so much money. And because I was watching the bartenders make shit tons of money and and i would like help them i would i was more than a bouncer like i would do like food expo and i would bar right. back and others but i was also the guy who had to like go up to you and be like hey you know fuck you fuck your mother get out of this bar and right and sometimes have to like scuffle and now i have like I, you know and i i used to be like you know, i was never like oh, super hardcore but like i was a big dude right so like and we i dealt with mostly like college kids and you know, if, if you pick up a man, if you can just pick him up and carry him outside, they usually are like, okay, like I'm probably going to lose this fight, <laughs> you know? Right. Like, yeah. And, and now I have like death, like my arms is like from, from, I used to like carry like cases of beer up and down two flights of stairs from the beer cooler to the bar. And like, you know, so I have like squishy, I'm all squishy now. I, I lost like my, <laughs> I lost my like, you know, hard bouncer hardness, but you know, I was, I, it, it was actually good that I don't do this anymore. Cause I was being stupid, but like, I mean, I was partying hard five, six nights a week. I was always in this bar uh, and, and it was always busy and I would pick up extra shifts because I didn't, I was just, I liked money and yeah. like, you know, and so then like now that I'm doing the office job, right? Like I was like, I'm fucking tired of people. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I want a break. Like I go to work and I go home and I cook and, and I see my close people, right. My family and my, my right. friend family. But like, I didn't have that urge to like go bar hop or, you know, like go to my old hangouts and, and then, and then quarantine hit. And I was like, I was like, fuck you guys. Like, I was like, everybody's like, Oh, I'm stuck at home. And I was like, I'm stuck at home. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So like I had a weird, I had a very pleasant transition into quarantine because mm-hmm. uh, it was just, it was kind of needed in my life. And then, and now like all this happened, Blake's buzz happened and, and I love this. And so like, th- I have this new, like, you know, I get to be social now by talking to, you know, writers and people I admire and respect. And I never thought that that would be the case, but so I have this other kind of social aspect but this tonight or this week was like the first time in a long time where i was like man i kind of i want to go see batman like i'm yeah. like i kind of like like yeah what, so, what makes you want to risk it all pattinson batman <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know i it, there, there is something to be said and especially uh you know like i said sing Two. it's you know it's a kid's movie right uh, which actually turned out to be really good and even though i hadn't seen the first one but you kind <laughs> of forget what the difference is between watching it on your big screen with your surround sound, whatever, yeah. versus seeing it in a movie theater. 
and there is a difference and there are mm. shots that will hit totally different and there are sequences that will hit totally different and you know for a lot of people in a weird way it kind of is worth it and so i don't blame people for risking it yeah. or you know uh, working through their nervousness uh, in order to go see it um i lord knows i'm tempted um, you know, I, I might go see Spider-Man at some point in the near future. I've been doing my best to keep away from spoilers Same. and it's just eating at me that, that I haven't <laughs> been able to see it. So, uh, you know, I, I, I might, I might wind up doing these things and just, uh, and throwing caution to the wind at this point. I, do, I will say I do miss the, uh, the, the instant HBO movie watching. Like I thought that was rad. Yeah. And there were it a couple, is very cool. What did I what did I pay? There was something Bond, I think. Uh we mm -hmm. you know, like I was like, I really wanted to see this, and I paid 30 bucks to watch it at home. Right. But like it was okay, like I yes, movie theaters are great, but like paying 30 bucks to be with the family, uh, have a nice dinner. I think we got I mean, it wasn't even a nice dinner, it was just fucking pizza. So like right. pizza. Uh, oh, I have to get up and pee. Let's pause it. Like that? <laughs> yes. Like that's so nice. As a, yes. All these man, all these new movies, especially these new super movie, superhero movies, are three hours long. Right. And like you know, and and I love that. Like it's not like I'm like after <laughs> after an hour and a half, I'm like tapping my watch. But it's like right. you know, like oh, I would like to get up and pee, or get up and get something to drink, or get a popcorn refill. Oh, totally. And not yeah. like trying to like that, that like trying to just like this feels like a part where we could run out real quick like right like no you're, how you important can't, is you this exposition decide. yeah you, like, you can't decide like that absolute you know perfect part and mm -hmm. movie theater seats are too fucking comfortable they have those like nice recliners oh, i remember i remember going to see uh in game or no mm -hmm. uh infinity war the one before i mm -hmm. went and saw infinity war and I drank a five hour energy drink before, like, cause I remember I worked until four o'clock in the morning at the bar and I went and saw it at noon. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, and, and to, and so like not much sleep, but was super excited. Uh, that was the weekend of release. I didn't want to wait cause it's internet spoilers, you know? Mm -hmm. And so like pound, pound this five hour energy drink, go see this movie. I slept through Gamora dying. Wow. Like, I missed the whole deal of Gamora, like, falling. And, and <laughs> I, I remember talking about that, and I like I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, she's not dead. You never really saw her die. And they were like, what? Did you, <laughs> did you even see this movie? Right. Yeah, wait, what like, movie were you watching? I was like, oh, well, I guess I nodded off for a second. <laughs> like, oh, boy. So, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. It, you know, there, there were definitely pros and cons to to both of them, and uh, in, in a lot of ways, I'm glad that certain movies that came out during the pandemic happened during the pandemic, and I was able to just watch them at home. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I I feel like I missed out. Um, mm -hmm. I would have loved to have seen Dune, and you know, I I don't know how it is over in Kansas City. I imagine you have some, but um, within spitting distance, I have two giant IMAX theaters near me and so you know it was always my prerogative to to go out and see whatever big blockbuster at an imax you know opening yeah. night or opening weekend or something dune i think would have been epic and i hope yeah, that I they release it at some like point totally different like in the theater yeah and i i enjoyed it i watched i watched dune uh i have i have a nice tablet um, mm -hmm. that it's like a 12 and a half inch tablet it's where i read my comic review copies and stuff on and, and comics 
reflexology. But I've found out that if you like lay down with a tablet, like right here, it looks like <laughs> a giant screen, right? Right. And, yeah. And, and then I have a, a Bluetooth, like a, a big Bluetooth, like speaker with a big subwoofer. So mm -hmm. you can kind of get some bass rumble. So like, I will like lay down with this tablet right in front of my face and this Bluetooth speaker going. And it's, it's like, okay. Right. But right. it's still not, you know, the, the movie theater experience, but yeah, I've, I, 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 I enjoyed doing a lot. Uh, and, uh, I really, I really want to do the, uh, boom comics has the, uh, house of Atreides, uh, prequel series. Oh, okay. It has like, it has like three, um, there's three hardcovers out right now. I heard mm. it's pretty cool, but yeah, anyways. Um, but I, I, uh, I guess, you know, I've, I've, I've become content with, right. with that, I guess, you know, like, uh, you know, it's like making bacon in the microwave. Like it tastes good and it's faster. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> but it's still probably better to make bacon normally, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, that's so yeah, it's like microwave bacon. Batman is bacon <laughs> in the pan. Batman's right? bacon in the pan, yeah. Nice, nice cast iron seasoned cast iron with some with some thick peppered bacon. Yeah. I you know what? <laughs> I have faith. Yeah, maybe, maybe have a little liquid courage beforehand and uh, you know, just uh, I, I think you, I think you can do it. I think no, you'll I, be I, all right. I think I think I might. I just uh, I I really might go see it this weekend. I just I would I would like to go at a time when there's just not as many people. Yeah, I think that's the key. I think that's the key for easing yourself back in is yeah. just just find an off peak time. Uh, find yourself maybe like a the less popular movie theater in town kind of a thing and uh you know just opt for the the theater that's the least crowded and you know just tell yourself ahead of time you know almost like the little engine that could you know people will be unmasked people will be unmasked mm -hmm. people will and uh you'll be able to make it happen um, I mean, I go to the store. Like, I, it's not mm -hmm. like I never go anywhere. Right. But there's something <laughs> about sitting for two hours, yeah. three hours in the same spot with the same people. And, you know, it was tough when we went to go see French Dispatch. There was a guy, and this was pre, you know, mask being off being okay sort of a thing and the guy directly behind us in the movie theater uh, decided to take off his mask and just laugh uh as loudly as possible at every single instance possible and uh, it was it was a little unnerving you know that was always niggling at the the back of my mind a little so I just remember, and this is what it's funny. This because this is I've been to so many movies since this happened, but I keep thinking of this when I think of like going to movies in the time of COVID. Uh, when the Force Awakens came out, and I went and saw Force Awakens on Christmas Eve, mm -hmm. and I thought my dad was going to go with me because my dad used to go to see the nerd movies with me, but now he like he falls asleep in the theater, so he doesn't he doesn't want to like go to nerd movies anymore. So I was like, right, Whatever. yeah. So like, but anyways, it was like. Like 1130 after Christmas Eve dinner. And uh, I was like, you know, we'd been home for a while. And I was like, I was like, no, fuck it. I was like, I'm going to see Star Wars. Like, I'm going to just going to do it. And the theater was the theater was pretty packed, actually. Like it was like there wasn't many seats like, you know, and, and it, this was the one where you, you like could pick your seat. Right. And so uh -huh. I picked my seat and this guy sat next to me. And we started off like we were talking. He was cool, but we were both like, yeah, Star Wars pumped. And we were both the same way. Like we like our families didn't want to come and we were just like, it's late. It's Christmas Eve. We had dinner. What Like, let's go see Star Wars. And so we were kind of laughing about that. And about an hour and a half into the movie, 
he's fucking snoring mm-hmm. and, and his head was like kind of tilted and i could like <laughs> i could like feel his breath on me because uh-huh. like, and, yeah. and i'm like so i think of that now like when i'm right. like oh let's go see a movie and i'm just like someone's just breathing covid on me uh-huh. like, yeah it's it's tough it's it yeah. really is i i mean especially you're a captive audience at that point especially if you you really want to see the movie it's it's tough to get me out of a theater once a movie started yeah. uh you know they, there has to be something like an active shooter uh type type of risk for for me to like vacate my seat i'll just hold in the pee like it, it doesn't matter <laughs> so um yeah i'm gonna be breathing in all those covid germs that that are circulating <laughs> and just regretting it uh in, in the moment a, a little bit but um yeah you know fingers crossed that at one point or, or another in the near future it'll just become a non-issue and it'll just become something that um you know endemic right um you know it's it's going to be possible to be infected but we'll know a little bit more about everything it won't be as serious and it'll just be you know something that happens like the flu hopefully yeah Yeah. i just yeah it's it's just weird but yeah i I, so anyways apologies if you see me online blaming you for not seeing batman so <laughs> okay hey, apology I was, like, yeah, I was like i'm not scared of covid i just gotta talk to this swamp but and it's not just you like i'm doing a live stream tomorrow yeah. that i'm really excited about and then and then i have another interview thursday so it's like i you know like like i said i love everything i get to do i'm very blessed i'm very fortunate with right how the luck i have for my podcast and comics books press uh but it is a lot of work and it's like mm-hmm. my work happens after the work that i pay for so you're like i work right. 10 to seven and then i get off work and and then have these other interviews and stuff so it wasn't just you and it wasn't just covid i just this week happened to be busy i didn't even until i saw people talking about it it didn't even click today i was like <laughs> oh shit batman comes out this week yeah and and, uh, but yeah, was, you know, so I do. It's really okay. I'll, I'll it. be your Batman beard. I'll be your Batman <laughs> beard, Blake. I'll cover well, for you. <laughs> this will be our little secret. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, um, I, I've kept you for a while and, and <laughs> I've, I have fully enjoyed this talk. You are, you are definitely good people. And I'm super glad we got to chat. Cause I know Thanks. we've been, Likewise. we've been talking about this for a while. Um, mm-hmm. your, your comic is just, I, we, we, we haven't talked about your comic in, in a while, but your comic yeah. book is real, <laughs> is real fucking good. Yeah. Uh, Swamp Dogs, Swamp Dogs 2, which, which, uh, the, the listeners won't know. I'm going to drop this on, on Sunday, but you know, this, uh, tomorrow is, is Wednesday the third yes. and, and Swamp Dogs number two after a bit of a wait is dropping. And as your readers like myself found out, uh, the weight was worth it. Uh, you have, you have kept the, uh, the velocity of the first issue, uh, carries into the second, uh, your characters, we get to know a little bit more and we get to care about them a little bit more. And we get to be a little bit more scared of who we may lose in the future and, and who may stay around and kudos to you for in just two issues, like making me care about so many people. Like I just, <laughs> I, I feel like, and, and after talking to you, like it makes a lot more sense. Like you're, you're charismatic, you're good people and, and, and you know your craft, but like for real, like, um, uh, you and Theo are, are very talented and, and know your audience and, and also know your characters. 
I think a lot of writers get a good idea for a character, but can't always retain that uh, right. throughout the whole narrative. And you guys do not have that problem at all. Uh, everybody yeah. just seems so real and so alive and, and so worth following. And I just, I commend you for that. Swamp Dogs is such a cool horror book. I think horror writers need to read this because I think you guys could teach them a lot about the medium. <laughs> and like, I'm just so glad I got to talk to you. Uh, the polite it. podcast host that I am, this is the part where um, I say, where can we find you? Where do we ah, follow yes. you? Uh, where's a where's a good place to to keep track of your ongoings? You know, we we mentioned there's the SwampDogsComic.net with yes. the shop and the mm -hmm. news. Uh, and there's a whole bunch of badass variants that we talked about earlier. But uh, you yourself, like, uh, tell tell us where to find sure. you, sir. Yeah. So um, I guess I'd be most active on Twitter, which is uh, at M-R-J-M-B-R-A-N-D-T, at Mr. J.M. Brandt. Um, then I also do some posting on Instagram from time to time, and that's at J.M.B-R-A-N-D-T. And then um, everybody else on social media is worth following. Um, so you can find all of our handles at swampdogscomic.net or swampdogscomic.com. And, uh, you know, if you want to follow me on Facebook, I do post there once in a while, too. And uh, they, that'll have a link to our Facebook also. Very and cool. then, uh, I wish oh, more uh, creatives did this, by the way. Your website with everything mm -hmm. is, is so smart. Sorry to interrupt. Oh, thank you. you. Oh, no, 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 no. All the information is there and it's so like more more you guys should do that comic creators <laughs> that listen to me do that yeah definitely um and uh, also well, if if you're just interested in the comic you don't care what i have to say don't care about the sad songs that i'm dropping on twitter at uh, midnight um you can follow on instagram uh, swamp dogs has their own uh, instagram account it's at swamp dogs comic all right well ladies and gentlemen you heard it we got J.M. Brandt in the house. We just talked about a ton of shit. Uh, we just <laughs> talked about me being scared of going to movies. I'm too scared to go see Batman. That's fine. You know, like whatever. Uh, you know, <laughs> Gotham Gotham City wasn't born in a night. He'll be around tomorrow or the next day. Uh, but, you know, regardless, be safe. Be kind. If you want to wear a mask, wear it. And whatever you do, whatever you decide, whatever movies you go see, get your asses to a comic book shop or online to Scout Shop or to SwampDogsComic.net and get these first two issues. Because Swamp Dogs is a fucking hell of a time to be had. It's got beautiful art. It's got wonderful lettering. It's got two talented writers that are going to turn you on and freak you out simultaneously. It's a weird <laughs> feeling. There's weird boners everywhere. I love it. Uh, I had a, such a blast talking to you tonight, sir. Like, uh, like for real, I, I just uh, thank you for putting up with me and, and chatting and, and you're awesome and talented. And I love your storytelling. Like, oh, thank you. I, I had a really good time too. So I, I appreciate the opportunity and the forum to talk about weird boners. <laughs> That's what we're here for, baby. <laughs> <laughs>